Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Friday, September 1st. How did that happen? Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine, just a beautiful day on the way. If you liked yesterday, you'll like today. Hi, 76. Saturday, sun and clouds, high 81. Gets warmer as the weekend goes on. Sunday, partly cloudy, high 89. And then Labor Day Monday, it's going to be hot, high 91. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 53 and clear in Ossining in Westchester. When you hear numbers that low, you realize summer is slipping away. 52 and clear in Hopewell, New Jersey. And it is 60 and clear here in Midtown. If you're walking out, you'll notice it's a little nippy, but it's going to get warmer as the day wears on. Lots to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. I um I like to use those juice drops. I, I, what I'll do when I'm thirsty is I'll take a whole bunch of crushed ice from the front of the refrigerator, throw a bunch of seltzer into a glass, and once in a while, you know those little drops that add a little sweetness to your drink and don't have a lot of calories? I'll add that to my drink. So yesterday, I decided I'm going to have a little drink of seltzer before I walk the dog in the park next door to our house, and I squeeze it to the uh, top of the glass, and it kind of ricochets off the, you know, the crushed ice that I have in the top of the glass, and it makes drops all over over the sink and kitchen, and I wipe it down. It's of cherry-flavored red, and I wipe it down. I'm all right, good to go to have my glass of seltzer. Walk outside with um, my beloved dog, uh, Bailey. We do the trip around the park, uh, meet up with people that I see all the time who have dogs as well. You know, they all become friends. And I didn't really notice that anybody was looking at me odd, but I did notice that some of the conversations I had with some of those people that I have longer conversations seemed to be kind of on the short side. But I'm all right, people got places to go, people to talk to, unlike me, who in the afternoon I kind of have free time. So then I walk the dog back home about 20 minutes later, walk in the front door, go into the bathroom to use the bathroom. And, you know, you look at yourself when you're walking out of the bathroom. I look in the mirror And I realized when that cherry drops hit the top of the ice when I was making my drink, not only had it splattered all over the sink, but it had splattered all over my face as well. And so it looked like I had been in a fight. There was red drops all over my nose, which looked like blood. There were red drops underneath my eye and on one one of my cheeks. And so I said, oh, OK, this is why uh, the people had shortened their conversations. And I will say this. I'm one of those guys. And you should be like this, too. If someone has something going on with their face and it's clear they don't know about it, like they got food on the side of their mouth or something weird is in their hair or something weird is on their clothing, I'm the first one to tell them. But uh, in the case of these people, whatever it was, they were afraid to tell me. 
All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. It is uh, Labor Day weekend, and everybody asking that question, how did summer go so fast? The cleanup continues from Idalia. Are there actually terrorists mixed in with the migrants? The investigation into a deadly helicopter crash in New Jersey underway. And a 71-year-old will be handing out roses on ABC. All right, let's get into it. 504. Uh, we'll start with the Labor Day weekend. Yesterday, they were telling swimmers to stay out of the water, at least on Long Island, because the currents were so rough from Hurricane Franklin. Uh, it has eased out a little bit, but there's still some red flags that are going to be mounted on some beaches today. We saw... A fair amount of rescues yesterday, whether it was here at city beaches, down the Jersey Shore, out on Long Island, in Connecticut. There were a fair amount of people who got caught in the ocean and needed to be saved. Of being at this three hurricanes in the Atlantic, and they're hundreds of miles away, but they're still producing enough energy and enough wave action to impact the shorelines here. Yeah, that's a firefighter who was called in to do one of the rescues yesterday. The um, New York Parks Department placing red flags throughout several beaches yesterday, including Coney Island. This comes, of course, as this active rip current warning during due to Franklin, which is really far out of sea. But Idalia, actually, and we're now feeling the effects of that as well on, again, what's going to be just a fantastic weekend to be at the Jersey Shore. In some places, you might just want to be careful, go in, you know, not too far past your knees. I mean, I like to go all the way in, but uh, got to be careful if you do. If you're in an area where you see the red flags up or you see the stands being unoccupied, we do not want anybody going to the water. Yeah, so that was the case. Long Island yesterday, Governor Hochul telling swimmers, no, uh, you can't go in at all. And uh, so you were banned swimming on Long Island beaches. It's not clear that's going to be the case today. I think the word is that you will be able to, but the, you'll be told to be cautious. Uh, swimmers who were at beaches here in the city yesterday saw some red flags in some places, depending on which beach you were on. Others say they had heard the news from places like WABC and they were being careful about going out into the ocean. I think it's best they stay out. Uh, it's it's unpredictable. Well, I had intended to go into the ocean, but there's red flags and there's no lifeguard and there's rip currents is what they say. Mm. So we're staying out of the water. She doesn't sound like somebody who would go in. Anyway, New Yorkers, uh, of course, reminded to swim in areas where there are lifeguards on duty. You can't say that enough times, but uh, it's just smart because you just never know when something's going to go wrong. So the beach towns, they're ready for this final weekend. They're ready for the registers to ring loudly, make some serious cash. And because the forecast is so fantastic, no doubt that will be the case for the unofficial final weekend of the summer. WABC News Time 508. Let's go down to Georgia. Former President Trump pleading not guilty to charges in his election interference case in the Peach State. In Atlanta, correspondent Blaine Alexander says Trump will not appear in a Georgia courtroom next week. That's because he has waived his scheduled arraignment that was set for Wednesday morning and waived his right to appear before a judge during that arraignment. Yesterday, a lawyer for Trump filed a waiver for his formal arraignment, entered the plea. Trump 18 co-defendants face racketeering charges for allegedly trying to overturn Georgia's 2020 presidential election. He surrendered, you'll remember, to authorities last week, becoming the first former president to have his mugshot taken. Several others charged in the case have also filed arraignment waivers and pled not guilty. In fact, he now joins several of his other co-defendants in waiving their appearances, pleading not guilty. 
And Georgia Governor Brian Kemp yesterday rejecting talks about removing the district attorney who's prosecuting Trump. Up to this point, I have not seen any evidence that D.A. Willis's actions or lack thereof warrant action by the prosecuting attorney oversight commission. Trump, uh, rather, Kemp holding a news conference yesterday to talk about this, saying a special legislative session to impeach Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis would likely be ruled unconstitutional. We have a law in the state of Georgia that clearly outlines the legal steps that can be taken if constituents believe their local prosecutors are violating their oath. Several Republican lawmakers in Georgia have called for Willis to be removed or punished after Trump and those defendants or co-defendants charged for allegedly trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election. The bottom line is that in the state of Georgia, as long as I'm governor, we're going to follow the law and the Constitution, regardless of who it helps or harms politically. Yeah, and that mugshot, of course, becoming one of the maybe the most famous mugshots of all time. And it seems to have worked well for the former president. In a video posted on Truth Social, Trump slammed Fulton County officials, saying they made him look like a criminal. He went on to add that the mugshot has raised his campaign over $10 million since it was released before holding up the shirt at the end of the video. Trump faces four criminal indictments with the Georgia case, the only one in which a mugshot was taken. I'm Mark Mayfield. And you can hear Donald Trump himself live right here, 77 WABC, on with Sid on Sid and Friends in the morning at 840 this morning. 840 right here, 77 WABC. Let's move down a little further from Georgia. Cleanup underway in Florida's Big Bend area after Idalia made landfall as a Category 3 hurricane on Wednesday. A woman, a woman rather, who lives in Cedar Key says the cleanup efforts for her have been pretty tired. Yeah, we've been cleaning and cleaning, picking up limbs and getting the house back in order. Yeah, uh, you've seen some of the pictures. Uh, for some people, it's a complete mess, losing their homes, losing their businesses. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says search rescue efforts still underway. It's not clear that uh, they're looking for people who might have passed away, but they're just looking to see if people were trapped in certain places. Particularly along Florida's Big Bend, uh, but the community is resilient and we are going to work hard to make sure people get what they need. Governor says all bridges impacted by the storm in Florida, Florida have been cleared. A FEMA's administrator, Deanne Criswell, says she'll travel to Florida to damage, uh, to survey the damage. There were approximately 40 successful rescues made. Uh, including 29 uh, by the Florida National Guard. Yeah, the big issue is restoring power. We're getting conflicting numbers about how many people do not have juice this morning, but it was as high as 300,000. There are approximately 146,000 power outages reported across the state. Thus far, 420,000 accounts have been restored. Priority has been clearing impacted roadways. Florida Department of Transportation you know, has cleared the vast majority of impacted roadways. We are going to process the governor's request for a major disaster declaration as quickly as possible. Um, and we are going to make sure that we always have the resources here from the federal family. That's the FEMA director, Deanne Criswell. Uh, meanwhile, the Biden administration says officials will help those impacted by the hurricane. He has directed us to do everything that we can to accelerate recovery wherever people are impacted by extreme weather. Homeland Security Advisor Liz Sherwood Randall there telling reporters yesterday that President Biden will visit 
areas hit hardest by the hurricane tomorrow. She says officials won't know the full extent of the damage for several days. Adalia, which was uh, now been downgraded to a tropical storm, made landfall, of course, early Wednesday. It was that uh, Big Bend area that was hit the hardest. He will fly to Florida on Saturday to visit the areas most impacted by the uh, hurricane. So damage from Idalia expected to run into the billions of dollars in Cedar Key, Florida. Amy Feinstein says she's worried that her home insurance premiums will go up, which I think is a reasonable worry. I'm still paying it because you get nervous not to. Yeah. But with insurance, you wonder if each year you're paying it, nothing happens. Is it better to just save up money and pay out of pocket or keep paying insurance every year? I don't know. Yeah. UBS Bank estimates the hurricane could cost insurance companies more than $9 billion. Governor DeSantis has requested a federal major disaster declaration after the storm made landfall in the Big Bend region. The hurricane uh, also causing that surge flooding. And, uh, you know, people just worried about what's going to be paid for and what's not going to be paid for by their insurance. It's frustrating, not just me, I'm sure, to everybody. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, President Biden yesterday making a surprise visit over to FEMA to thank workers there for uh, taking care of a bunch of places where natural disasters have taken place. We're making available federal assistance for Florida survivors, and we're helping both Florida and South Carolina with the delivery of meals, waters and uh, debris removal. President yesterday making that unscheduled visit to FEMA's headquarters in D.C. to meet with staff and thank them. I admire what you do. I've crossed the board. It's amazing the sacrifices and I might add risks your folks are taking out in the field. Yeah. And when we're talking about some of these weather related or fire disasters, uh, of course, Hawaii is still on the mind of many. He's Oprah Winfrey and Dwayne The Rock Johnson are announcing a new fund to help people affected by those Maui wildfires. The two celebrities have launched the People's Fund of Maui, which they say will give cash directly to those in impacted areas. They've kicked off the campaign by donating $10 million. Winfrey has a home in Maui and Johnson spent part Part of his childhood in Hawaii. He said community leaders in Maui are offering their guidance to ensure the money will go to those who need it most. I'm Trey Thomas. 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Noah Mullet. And we'll start here in Detroit. The Yankees, they fell in the finale against the Tigers by a score of 4-3 to three in 10 innings. After a throwing error by Gleyber Torres, Anthony Volpe, one of the few bright spots in the worst Yankees season in three decades, became... The 15th rookie with a 20 homer, a 20 stolen base season, and the first Yankee to accomplish the feat with this clutch three-run homer in the ninth to tie things up for a brief moment. Volpe drives that in the air to right field and deep. Carpenter back, racing over, and that is gone! A three-run homer! He kept the hands back, didn't try to pull it. Look how it kept carrying. I can't believe it. A dramatic swing from Volpe, and the Yankees tie it up at three. That call courtesy of the Yes Network. Ahead of yesterday's loss, the Yanks announced their plans to promote prospects uh, Jason Dominguez, the outfielder and catcher Austin Wells, when rosters expand today. We'll see if they'll be a part of the action this weekend when the Yankees take on the Astros in Houston. Game one of three set for tonight at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Carlos Rodon will get the start against Justin Verlander, a former Met. As for those Mets... They took a day off yesterday, but get set to welcome in the Mariners tonight at 7.10 p.m. for the first of three over the weekend with Seattle. 
could I Senga will take the hill against a starter yet to be named for Seattle and staying out in Queens. He got more U.S. Open action to look forward to today. Gnome before college football this weekend. Top 10 action to look forward to tomorrow at noon. You've got East Carolina at number two, Michigan. Michigan are 36 point favorites in that one. 3.30 tomorrow, number three, Ohio State. They're 30 point favorites at Indiana. 6 p.m., UT Martin at number one, Georgia. 7.30 tomorrow night, Middle Tennessee at four, Alabama. Alabama's 39 point favorites in that one. And Sunday, you've got a little bit of a, a closer matchup to look forward to. Number 7.30 p.m., prime time, it'll be number five, LSU. They're two point favorites uh, at number eight, Florida State. That's sports on 77 WABC, and I'm Justin Ellick. WABC News Time 519. Let's head over to Pennsylvania, where a man convicted this month of fatally stabbing his girlfriend in front of her children escaped from the Chester County prison yesterday. The escapee identified as 34-year-old Danello Cavalcante. He happened, uh, this happened about 8.50 in the morning. And you can imagine everybody sort of red-faced at this uh, jail, wondering how he got out. Local lawmakers warning neighbors that this creep was out on the streets. His depravity knows no bounds. I mean, this is someone who has nothing to lose, as you indicated. So, I don't know what he's capable of doing. If he's already engaged in a murder in broad daylight daylight in front of her two children, there's no um, stopping him from doing anything more egregious. Yeah, just to tell you how awful this human being is, a jury took only 15 minutes to convict him of killing his girlfriend in front of his kids. Back in April of uh, 2021, he stabbed her apparently 38 times. So now he's on the streets. Here's the uh, prison warden. Who says, uh, well, they're trying to figure out how he got out. Once we noticed we had an issue with an inmate not being there, we immediately followed our protocols, locked down the prison, did what we call a special count to confirm there was only one person missing. Uh, we further went out, we did lockdowns to schools, the Procopsin home, put out reverse 911s to the immediate area and just waited for assistance to come. So there are pictures of him uh, leaving the jail. Cavalcanti last seen wearing a white T-shirt, gray shorts with white sneakers. Now, you might guess if your neighbor uh, you're a little worried about this, here's one. Scary thing, but like I said, I don't think he's going to hang around nearby. I think he's going to get away as far Yeah, I think you're probably right. He probably tried to get as far away as possible. Of course, uh, neighbors being asked to call 911 if they see anything suspicious. 521, President Biden says he spoke with Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell after the Republican appeared to freeze up again during a press conference this week. I spoke to him uh, uh, today, uh, and uh, he was his old self on the telephone. Biden says the uh, symptom is not uncommon for those who have experienced a severe concussion. And he says he's confident McConnell will be back to his old self. McConnell's 81. He froze up while speaking to reporters in Kentucky on Wednesday, raising more concerns over his health. He experienced a similar episode in D.C. back in July. It's not at all unusual to have the response that sometimes happens to Mitch when you've had a severe concussion. It's part of the recovery. I'm confident he's going to be back to his old self. New Yorkers, by the way, being asked if they think age limits for politicians should be in place. This comes after that McConnell episode that took place on Wednesday. Here's what some New Yorkers had to say. So there are age issues associated with mental acuity. We're seeing that in Mitch McConnell and Diane Feinstein, and it's sad. They've been they've contributed to their respective parties, but 
It's time for them to move on. Come on. They're too old. Get them out of there. A YouGov poll taken last year shows 58% of Americans think there should be a maximum age limit for elected officials. Of those who support age limits, 39% say the age should be 70. I bet there's some people out there who are 69 or 75 who think that's silly. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, well, let's go to 85. 75? I think people should actually do it voluntarily. Uh, I think there should be more pressure on people who are having age-related mental issues to resign. 523, we now have the 911 calls from that Florida helicopter crash when it crashed as it chased a suspect this week. It's a helicopter. It looks like a medic helicopter or a red one. The whole back end is on fire. The chopper then spun out of control, crashed into an apartment building, killing a woman inside and a fire captain who was aboard the chopper. We've just seen a helicopter crash west of the Pompano Airport. As you might guess, lots of calls going into 911. In the Pompano Beach, just west of the airport, a helicopter just crashed. As you might guess, they're also investigating this. Lots of callers. It was on fire. It just fell to the sky and crashed. Broken half from the sky and fell probably about a thousand feet. Of course, the tragic part of this story is two people were killed. The investigation ongoing. Five twenty-three. There are reports that a human smuggler with links to ISIS has been helping migrants from Uzbekistan sneak across the southern U.S.-Mexico border. Experts say this is proof that organized crime is becoming more international. I'm afraid that the Mexican mafia is getting more sophisticated and they are linking more and more with groups around the planet. That's Professor Tony Payen at Rice Bake, Rice's, uh, Rice University, I should say, Baker Institute. He says Mexican gains have been coordinating with their Chinese counterparts to get raw materials and to sneak them across the border, all organized. There's beginning to be some interconnection among groups in Mexico dedicated to human smuggling with other gangs that may be operating in South Asia, the yeah, Middle East. It's sort of interesting to hear that they're all working together. In the case of the Mexican mafias, which used to be confined to Mexican territory, and perhaps across into the U.S. are now global in scale. Yeah, Homeland Security not saying a whole lot about this, though. 524, North Korea says ballistic missiles it fired yesterday. Part of a tactical nuclear drill in Tokyo. Correspondent Chris Gilbert says the North Koreans launched two projectiles towards the Sea of Japan, which fell short of Japanese waters. In a statement through state media, North Korea says the launch was in response to what it calls U.S. imperialist-led B-1B nuclear strategic bomber exercises with South Korea. The two countries are concluding 11 days of military exercises in the region aimed at deterring Pyongyang. The U.S. and South Korea have repeatedly condemned North Korea's missile launches, which are in violation of U.N. Security Council resolutions. Chris Gilbert, Tokyo. All right, let's stay overseas in Johannesburg, South Africa. 70 killed in an apartment fire. The uh, This correspondent says the injured were a lot of homeless people and squatters who were in this building. Some kids were killed as well. The emergency services are now working their way through the five stories. They have explained that the actual living conditions are very much like an informal settlement within the building. Uh, no clear number of how many people were living there. But uh, speculation is possibly 200 people living in the five-story building. You know, authorities are saying they're not expecting this at this stage to be recovering any survivors. It would be very unlikely. 
WABC News Time 526. It is really hard to believe that it's Labor Day weekend. I know we probably say that every year, but boy, this summer went fast. So the more than 14 million expected to pass through the nation's airports this long weekend. The TSA is racing for a high volume of travelers Friday through Wednesday, September the 6th. Friday is projected to be the busiest travel day with nearly 3 million people passing through security checkpoints. TSA Administrator David Pekoski says that travelers should arrive to airports early and to check the TSA's What Can I Bring tool online. I'm Mark Mayfield. Of course, gas prices the big deal over the long weekend. They are set to hit record highs this Labor Day weekend. But AAA's Mark Jenkins says the pain at the pump may not be as bad as it is during other travel holidays. Oftentimes for Labor Day weekend, we don't typically see people taking extended road trips because they have to be back on Tuesday for school and for work. So the current record for Labor Day weekend gas prices, that was set back in 2012 at $3.84 a gallon. But right now, we're just shy of that at three eighty. I think they paid more than that. Do you remember uh, if you worked for Purell, Purell, the company that makes the hand sanitizer, that might have been the greatest job in the world to have during the pandemic. They weren't going to be laying any of those people off because they couldn't make it fast enough. Well, fast forward to... Uh, September 1st, 2023, and they're laying people off. The maker of Purell hand sanitizer announcing to its employees that it is staying in Akron and no longer for sale. However, the company, Gojo Industries, says that due to a decline in demand for its products after a surge during the COVID pandemic, it's eliminating some salaried positions that will ultimately make up less than 10% of its workforce. Gojo president and CEO Kerry Jaros says the company is committed to remaining independently owned and based in Akron. Back in 2021, the company signed a 20-year lease to stay in Akron. I'm Taryn Johnson. The opening bell, it rings this morning on Wall Street after stocks closed mixed yesterday. Investors have been mulling over inflation data as the core PCE index showed an increase of 0.2% month over month in July, matching industry predictions. Today, they'll be keeping out an eye for the monthly jobs report that's due out at 8.30 this morning. At yesterday's closing bell, the Dow lost 160 68 points. S&P 500 fell by 7. NASDAQ gained 15 points. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 533. Good morning. It is Friday, September 1st. Yeah, September already. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Just a beautiful day on the way. Sunshine, high 76. This is what the Labor Day weekend will look like. Tomorrow, sun and clouds. High 81 gets progressively warmer as the weekend goes on. Sunday, partly cloudy. High 89. And then Labor Day Monday is going to be downright hot. Sunshine, high 91. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. It is on the chilly side. 53 and clear in Ossining up in Westchester. 52 and clear in Hopewell down in central New Jersey. And it is 60 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour right here in the big city. Mayor Adams yesterday holding a rally as he continues to try and pressure the federal government into expediting migrant working permits. We must expedite work visas. It's just common sense. Thousands of jobs are available to be filled. 
to provide the services we need. The mayor gathering with other local elected officials, union members in Foley Square for this rally to call for faster work authorization for the migrants. New York City shelters overburdened with migrants who keep coming and officials say work permits will get them out of shelters and supporting themselves faster. Meanwhile, New York City restaurant industry officials say they don't have enough workers and this would be a great opportunity for the migrants. Our hearts are big, but our resources are not endless. We are calling on our national leaders to not do this to New York. Yeah, the mayor saying, let's do this. Uh, No clue that this is going to happen, though. Let them work. Let them work. Okay. Uh, Andrew Ridgey, who represents the restaurant and small business owners here in the city, says uh, he's got a lot of jobs. More than 10,000 jobs in New York City restaurants that are posted online right now. And, of course, the mayor has been trying to find places to put the migrants who continue to come. By the way, 2,900 migrants coming to New York City from the U.S.-Mexico border just over the last seven days. So the numbers, while they went down for a while, clearly have gone back up again. And uh, he's pushed for counties across New York to take some of the migrants. And some have up in Albany, in Buffalo, Westchester County. But a lot of counties have said, no, we're not interested. Rockland County, Nassau County, the local ones. And now New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy says they will not handle the spillover of migrants arriving in New York. According to Politico, the Biden administration reportedly is considering relocating migrants to Atlantic City International Airport. The airport is one of 11 federal sites the administration has sent to Mayor Adams' office that are under consideration. But last night, Governor Murphy pushing back hard against this idea. He says his office has not heard about this matter from federal officials or the White House. But he says the state already has seen uh, does not have the capacity to handle these folks if they do come in. The governor making these comments on News 12 asked the governor last night. He says uh, it's not a matter that they're not welcome. He says the mig- they just don't have the resources to handle the migrants if they're sent to New Jersey. But uh, all these movies, he said, going behind the scenes, nobody has told New Jersey officials about them. 536, thousands of NYPD cops will be patrolling Brooklyn as celebrations leading up to Monday's West Indian Parade get underway. One of those celebrations is one that has been violent in the past, Juve, which starts at 6 a.m. Monday morning. Uh, The chief of patrol, uh, John Shell, says uh, they will have a ton of cops uh, there for this parade where there have been shootings in the past. You'll see a cop on every corner. You'll see counterterrorism assets in uniform. You'll see our highway, highway bureau escorting trucks. Multiple bureaus are working. Yeah, and to bring down the violence that has been at this juve in the past, they'll have 13 designated screening areas where everyone will be wanded down before they can enjoy the parade. We'll apply the law when we have to. We'll give people breaks. We'll be compassionate. We'll make arrests when we have to. But firm but fair. We want everyone to have a celebratory weekend with the least amount of enforcement. And that's the goal. Chief of Patrol again, John Shell there, says the event security, the um, the uh, the planning, I should say, for this uh, security has been in the making for a while. And in terms of mitigation, Brooklyn South Chief McAvoy and his team have already done some mitigation factors with some gang members and uh, ceasefire call-ins, letters sent out. They came in, I think 40 came in during the week. 
just to be warned, hey, be on your best behavior. WABC News Time 539 up to the Upper West Side. A candlelight vigil held yesterday for the mother and two young children killed in a triple murder-suicide there earlier this week. Relatives, neighbors, anti-domestic violence advocates gathering outside this building, West 86th Street, where the family lived. Alexandra Wittek and her two boys, two-year-old Lucian and one-year-old Calvin, were found stabbed to death during a wellness check on Monday afternoon. Police say Wittek's fiancé, 41-year-old Edison Lopez, who was also the building's super, by the way, stabbed each of the victims before he fatally stabbed himself. These people showing up yesterday say they knew this family well, were shocked by the crime. Their life will always be remembered. And we are here today to light the candle, to honor her life, to honor her children's life, and, and, and to denounce violence in our community. The family apparently was planning to leave this building. Edison had gotten a job in Westchester at a super with an apartment that was larger than the one on the Upper West Side. Uh, nobody really knows what went wrong between that time and the time of this murder-suicide on Monday. 540. Out in Queens at the U.S. Open, an investigation now underway into that stench of pot. It all started Monday when Greek player Maria Sakari complained to a chair umpire. The smell? Oh, my God. She wasn't talking about the general late summer stink here in New York. No, she was referring to the reeking odor of cannabis, weed, marijuana, which other tennis players have also complained about, that wafting scent. Now, the U.S. Tennis Association and the NYPD, they're investigating because no smoking of any kind is allowed in the stadium. Employees have been questioned. Game video has been reviewed. But no evidence has been found of anyone toking up so far. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. 541, the Department of Sanitation will now start fining food-related businesses that don't use garbage bins when throwing out their trash. The Department of Sanitation has been requiring the use of garbage bins since the start of August and handing out warnings. But starting today, they're actually going to hand out these fines. New Yorkers, by the way, they some neighborhoods, they haven't seen much of a difference yet. It's only been a month, but they say they still see a bunch of rats running around. Oh, it's just like crazy rats. Is, I'm, I'm a man. And you see, I'm walking in the street. I want to walk in the street because the rats is so big. And it's, it's crazy. So we definitely need $200, not even $50, $200, definitely. We just saw a rat. We saw two just now. So I definitely think that they should continue with that and keep it closed and keep it safe for the community. You know? The fines start at 50 bucks. They go up to 200 Department of Sanitation even has begun posting about certain spots that haven't been following those guidelines. This is a warning. The major change aimed at curbing the rat issue, which has, of course, been an issue in New York City since the beginning of time. 542, let's go out to New Jersey. The pilot of a helicopter is dead after it crashed yesterday afternoon South Brunswick. South Brunswick police say the helicopter crashed into a canal near Carnegie Lake. This was about four in the afternoon. First responders raced to the scene. It looked like it started to lose control after it started to descend. It disappeared out of the sight line. Um, I immediately called headquarters and advised them to start resources. 
The helicopter had taken off from Princeton Airport. The pilot was the only one aboard the aircraft. It was a one-seated, single-engine Robinson R-22 helicopter that crashed into the canal. Uh, when first responders got there, of course, they didn't know if there was somebody else in the helicopter, too. One of the initial witnesses thought that it, maybe it got a bad a wind gust or something like that because it was erratic in its flight pattern. But we do have some video evidence of the uh, incident, and the FAA will use that as part of their investigation. So first responders made it to the scene within about five minutes, despite some difficulty uh, difficulty due to the heavily wooded location. When they did arrive, they found the helicopter upside down in the water. One of the initial witnesses thought that maybe it got a bad wind gust or something like that because it was erratic in its flight pattern. But we do have some video evidence of the uh, incident, and the FAA will use that as part of their investigation. So the pilot was the only person on board at the time of the crash. Fortunately, no one on the ground was injured. None of the uh, surrounding homes were uh, hit as well. The identity of the person killed as of this morning had not been released. 544 out to Long Island officials with a Nassau County nonprofit that provides jobs for developmentally disabled adults was burglarized yesterday. They say trailers filled with landscaping equipment were broken into. This was about 3 in the morning in Freeport. The group says about $30,000 worth of gear was taken, including a tractor, a lawnmower, and several leaf blowers. Now, this is a uh, company that employs developmentally disabled uh, adults to do landscaping work, and that's how they make a living. Hard to do that, of course, if they don't have the equipment to do so. It was so disheartening. We provide services to people with developmental disabilities, and work is so important to them. And so to arrive today and see that the day was disrupted was really disheartening. Yeah, they just got to return this. AHRC NASA hires workers on the autism spectrum to do the landscaping work. The Freeport Police Department says an active investigation is now underway. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Allen. Hey, Noam Layden, thank you very much. Start here in Detroit. The Yankees fell in the finale against the Tigers by a score of 4-3 to three in 10 innings after a throwing error by Glaber Torres. Anthony Volpe, one of the few bright spots in the worst Yankee season in three decades. He became the 15th rookie with a 20-homer, 20 20-stolen 20 base season. He's really turned it around since the All-Star break. He became the first Yankee to accomplish that feat. With this clutch three-run homer in the ninth to tie things up for a brief moment. Volpe drives that in the air to right field and deep. Carpenter back racing over and that is gone! A three-run homer! He kept the hands back, didn't try to pull it. Look how it kept carrying. I can't believe it. A dramatic swing from Volpe, and the Yankees tie it up at three. <laughs> that call courtesy of the Yes Network, the B team over at the Yes yeah, Network, really? apparently. What's going on I there? mean, we love Ryan Rucco. I don't know who the... <laughs> <laughs> Heck, the other guy was. Who is he? Do we know? Uh, I have no, huh? no idea. I, got, I can find out for you. He has just they... been selling hot dogs. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. They, they pulled him out of the. Uh... And they, I guess, what does it matter at this point? They're right. so bad. You exactly. might as well put the B team. And in. they're out in Detroit, so it's like you yeah. know, you got the Tigers and the Yankees. Who's watching that game? Anyway, uh, head of yesterday's loss, known the Yanks announced their plans to promote. I prospect. watched that game. Uh, well, okay, you did. But you had, uh, yeah. Well, Anthony Volpe uh, almost saved the day for me. Right, because you had the you had, Yankees. Right, because yeah. you had action on that game. The Yankees. Right. How much action did you have on the game? How much action did you have on the game? 
don't know, five thousand. Five K. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so they're going to call up Jason Dominguez, no man, uh, Austin Wells, two of their top prospects today. Jason Domingo is nicknamed The Martian. He's the number 87 prospect, I believe, in the MLB pipeline uh, standings there. And uh, when rosters do expand today, we'll see if they, they'll be a part of the action this weekend when the Yankees take on the Astros in Houston. Game one of three is set for tonight at 8.10 p.m. Eastern time. Colors for Don gets to start against uh, Justin Verlander. As for the Mets, they were off yesterday. They get set to welcome the Mariners tonight at 7.10 p.m. for the first of three over the weekend. Kota Senga will take the hill against a starter yet to be named for Seattle. And St. Island Queens, the U.S. Open continues today before a full slate of college football. How did Carlos do? Alcaraz last time. Did he win? Uh, I, I think fell he, asleep before. It I, I, I think he won. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. I don't know. I, we would have heard about it if he lost. It would have been a huge upset. Exactly. Yeah, he's exactly. One. We yeah. definitely would have heard about it if he lost. Yeah, so he won. Uh, you got that continuance today of the U.S. Open. Uh, college football that we'll look forward to this weekend. Top 10 action. Uh, noon tomorrow, starting things off, it'll be East Carolina at number 2 Michigan. Michigan are 36-point favorites in that one. 3.30 tomorrow afternoon, number 3 Ohio State. They're 30-point favorites in Indiana. 6 p.m. UT Martin at number 1 Georgia. Not even a line for that game yet. 7.30 p.m. Middle Tennessee is at 4 Alabama. They're 39-point favorites. And then Sunday, you got a good game to look forward to. Uh, 7.30 p.m., 5 LSU or two-point favorites at 8 Florida. That's the big State. game of the weekend yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, take LSU. Oh. We're going to talk to the kid Ricky Gold yeah. from Juice Wheel coming up right before President Trump later on this morning. Kid, uh, he's been money. That is the game, Noam, of the weekend. LSU, Florida State. Go against the Seminoles. How, oh. mu- how much does he have on that game? Who you? No, I uh, said. Yeah. Oh, how much do you have on that game? Did you Did you think about it yet? No, I, I haven't. It's not like. What do you, what do you think? I'm a degenerate. Well, I don't know. Like, yeah, I got gnome over here in Tennessee. Sort of. yeah. yeah. he's, like, he's like living vicariously through me. Yeah. yeah. Going, I am. Sid's got ten grand on LSU. <laughs> yeah. <Jesus. laughs> All right, let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. One of the biggest ones will happen right here, eight forty this morning. Sid on Sid and Friends in the morning will interview former President Donald Trump, who is one. One of the big stories of the day, the former president pleading not guilty to charges in his election interference case in Georgia yesterday. And Atlanta correspondent Blaine Alexander says Trump will not appear in a Georgia courtroom next week. That's because he has waived his scheduled arraignment that was set for Wednesday morning and waived his right to appear before a judge during that arraignment. On Thursday, a lawyer for Trump filed a waiver for his formal arraignment, entered the plea. Trump and 18 co-defendants face racketeering charges for allegedly trying to overturn Georgia's 2020 presidential race. In fact, he now joins several of his other co-defendants in waiving their appearances, pleading not guilty. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, meanwhile, rejecting talks about removing the district attorney prosecuting Trump. Up to this point, I have not seen any evidence that D.A. Willis's actions or lack thereof warrant action by the prosecuting attorney oversight commission. This was all during a news conference yesterday. The Governor Kemp said a special legislative session to impeach Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis would likely be ruled unconstitutional. We have a law in the state of Georgia that clearly outlines the legal steps that can be taken if constituents believe their local prosecutors are violating their oath. Several Republican lawmakers in Georgia have called for Willis to be removed after the indictment of former President Trump. The bottom line is that in the state of Georgia, as long as I'm governor, we're going to follow the law and the Constitution, regardless of who it helps 
or harms politically. And, of course, it was that case where we got this maybe one of the most famous mug shots of all time of the former president. And uh, he's been cashing in on that. In a video posted on Truth Social, Trump slammed Fulton County officials, saying they made him look like a criminal. He went on to add that the mugshot has raised his campaign over $10 million since it was released before holding up the shirt at the end of the video. Trump faces four criminal indictments with the Georgia case, the only one in which a mugshot was taken. I'm Mark Mayfield. Yeah, again, so 840 this morning. It's the first interview that Donald Trump has done since yesterday's news. And I'm sure we'll make some more news, too, with Sid. Sid and friends in the morning, 840 this morning. You can hear the former president right here on 77 WABC. Let's uh, bring it back home. A Long Island teacher who's also a church deacon pleading not guilty to having sex with a former student back in 2020. William Spurl, a 60-year-old audio production teacher at a school in Riverhead was arraigned on sex abuse charges. Our teacher and our survivor first met uh, when she was a sophomore at the school when she was 15 years old, but the sexual encounters occurred when she was a junior. Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison there says the victim, a female, recently filed the complaint. Spurl, who's from Deer Park, charged with rape, sexual encounters allegedly occurring on a school bus at local beaches and even apparently at his home. Some of the sexual uh, encounters were on a school bus uh, at some of the beaches out here in Suffolk County, as well as, I'm being told, one time at the uh, residence. Bail has been set at $200,000. While we're out in that part of Long Island, Nassau County officials now outlining plans for a safe school year as students start heading back to class. Nassau County Police Commissioner Patrick Ryder says his department is trained to respond to all emergencies, noting that all schools now have panic buttons in case of a school shooting, and all police vehicles are equipped with the right gear to respond to that. With all the shootings that we've talked about in this country, We have been prepared more than any county in the country as far as our response time. Ryder says his department monitors social media around the clock. Their number one partner, though, they say, are parents. If some kid is acting weird or doing something that possibly could be leading to violent activity, you got to let us know. Yeah, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman there. We have a full-time social media group that all they do is they monitor social media. We have a great partnership with our superintendents and principals. Our homeland visits every school. They'll contact us immediately that something that they see is of, of concern. Yeah, we just hope nothing god-awful like that happens. Out to New Jersey. They still haven't found this alligator And they're going to keep this park closed in Middlesex until they do. They think it's about five to six feet long. Last weekend, a police officer in town spotted the alligator, fired a shot at it. Apparently must have missed because it would have turned up dead at some point. So it's not this huge thing, but they can't find the alligator and they're worried, you know, it could go on the attack. An alligator can run 35 miles per hour on ground and 20 miles per hour in the water. People don't understand how dangerous it is. Yeah, so uh, nobody allowed in the park until they find this. They had set out traps. Uh, so far, the alligator has not fallen for these traps. The critter believed to be someone's illegal pet. Maybe they had it in the house. It got too big, and then they let it out in this pond. It's estimated to be three to four feet uh, in length, which is not a baby that you would want to hold in your arms. Yeah, so alligators, I, I, do I have to tell you this? But it says it in the copy. Alligators are not native to New Jersey, <laughs> if somebody didn't know that. I can only speculate that it was uh, probably somebody's pet.
Yeah. And finally, a bar in Milwaukee offering free drinks when Aaron Rodgers and the Jets lose this season. Jets weighing in on this promotion. Doesn't surprise me. Football has a lot of petty fan bases out there, and I'm not surprised that, you know, Milwaukee's one of them. A good marketing ploy because uh, they won't be giving out a lot of free drinks, so I'm not worried about (laughs) that. Rodgers spent 18 years as the Packers quarterback, of course. You know, it's kind of like um, blaming the migrants for the politicians' fault. You can't blame Aaron Rodgers. The Packers didn't want him anymore. No. They let him go. They let him go. They got this kid love. They're ready to move on. So don't blame the migrants and don't blame Aaron Rodgers. Well, in the case of this, it's uh, Jack's American Pub, which is right near the stadium. In order to get the free drinks, the bar tab must start 15 minutes before a Jets game. Fans have to be present for the entire game. Rodgers must start, and the Jets and Packers can't be playing at the same time. Now, if all that happens, you can cash in on a free bar tab. Um, You know, it's just not a bad deal if you drink a lot. Sounds like a bunch of bitter fans. Sounds like fun. Why not? I hope they don't have too many free drinks there. Yeah. I said, we'll have to watch. We'll see. I guess you know, early in my career when right. I was syndicated, mm-hmm. I was on about 70 markets with Scott Kaplan. And La Crosse, Wisconsin, was one of the most popular markets we were in. And we were there one year for Oktoberfest, which is a huge deal. And uh, La Crosse is not very far from Green Bay. And we did a Monday show, no, and they had a tent set up right in the middle of La Crosse, Wisconsin, during Oktoberfest, where they housed about 3,000 people because that night, Randy Moss and the Vikings were taking on Brett Favre and the Packers. And there was public drunkenness. People were going nuts. It was exactly how you envisioned middle-of-the-country football fans on a Monday night, one of the highlights of my sports career. Yeah, well, I can imagine. What else is there to do, Milwaukee, really? So. Well, they cheesed, yeah, drinking. And uh, fat chicks. Yeah, exactly. It's a great combination there. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.